Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. Rhodium Radio. No sad podcast. In the shitty city of Wilmington, we keep it rocking. So come on, shake, shake it for me, Kelly. Yeah. Dr. Dre is in full effect, and I gotta tell y'all a little something. Easy E is down with us. MC Ring, you know he's down with us. DJ Yella is down with us. Arabian Prince, you know he's down with us. Tony A. The Wizard is down with us. JJ Fag is down with us. Timmy T, you know he's down with us. DJ Pooh Boy is down with us. Toddy P and Spade, they're down with us. My boy Ice Cube, you know he's down with us. I like to mention, so pay attention to where I'm from. Compton, but the tapes are from the rodeum. My name is Dre, listen while I play. And by the way, I'm also down with NWA. Yo, Steve at the rodeum is down with us. Slanging funky tapes, it is a must. We're number one. Welcome everybody to Rhodium Radio episode 41 and I am your host Tony A. The Wizard. Okay, I'm not going to spend a lot of time, you know, with the announcements. I know you guys are probably sick and tired of that. I always mention the Rhodium Mixtape documentary all the time, but we're going to skip all that for right now. We're going to jump right into uh, one of the most anticipated interviews, at least in my book, that I've been waiting for ever since I talked to this man. So without further ado, Rafael Reyes. Prayers. What's up, Tony? How you doing, my brother? I'm good. Family, Akibian, Todo Akibian. Bien. Thanks for having me over, man. Oh, well, I, I thank you for being here, man. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, uh, how was the drive? Not bad, man. An hour and a half, LA. That's that's, <laughs> that's, that's not bad. Uh, yeah. And you for LA, right? Yeah. yeah. That's dope. You know what? Glad, I respect you, man. I'm going to roll up early, you know? Dope, dope. Muchas gracias. You know, and I'm glad, you know what? I'm glad you did that. And I respect myself. Yes. You know yes. I mean? You know what? One thing that I want to mention, first of all, every time I text you, you text me right back. Today, you even posted it up on your page and on your story. You know why I bring that up? Because there's guys that have asked me for interviews that have asked me and, and will not even call me back, will not even text me back. And let me tell you something, man. When you did all of that, man, you just earned the utmost respect that I have for you, oh, man. So. I just uh, treat people the way I want to be treated, you know? Real awesome. talk, man. Awesome. You know what? Uh, I wanted to ask you something. We were talking about this off air. Uh, do you know anybody that knows anyone that knows someone that has the coronavirus? Uh, I do. <laughs> I do, actually. Just today, I got the phone call. On the way over here, one of my good homeboys, he went on a cruise to Egypt. I'm not going to say his name because it's my dog, but he hit me up and he was just like, damn, gee, I'm in the hospital. I'm doing some blood work because um, I was on a cruise and some of the employees here had the coronavirus. So I don't know if my homeboy has it or not. He doesn't know if he does either. He's mm -hmm. just getting some blood work done. Oh, okay. Yeah, trip out. See, today we were going to cancel because of the spread of coronavirus, but all we did was just switch to Modelo. <laughs> so, uh, I know I've seen all the memes on it. Some of them are just fucking insane. Big time. Uh, um, I know it's Wednesday. How's your week been going so far, man? Feed me, dog. Fucking so good, man. Um, every day is a blessing with me, man. Straight up, you know. I'm, I'm married to the woman of my dreams. I have a beautiful son. My life is good, man. Awesome. Yeah. You, you know, one thing I always tell people: as long as I'm not dead, jail, or in the hospital, I'm blessed. Yeah, straight up. I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah, I'm, I'm living life to the fullest. You know, uh, um, I saw an interview. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure exactly when you did it, mm. but you talked about different types of music that you liked growing up. Can, can you elaborate on some of those groups? 
Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite bands growing up is uh, their name is Christian Death, and mm -hmm. they're like a death rock band from Los Angeles. Uh -huh. um, I love like Bauhaus, and a lot of this is like dark wave. You would call it dark wave, even though um, Christian Death is considered death rock. Uh -huh. And um, you know, I mean, I was talking to the homies a little while ago about just because uh, I, I checked out some of your interviews and I and I saw that you asked people like some of the the music that influenced them or some of the first songs that they ever listened to, and and I was thinking and I, I thought it was like a, a I thought it was a Duran Duran song that I saw on MTV because my neighbor I grew up really poor but my neighbor he had a, he had MTV so I'd go over to his house and just watch MTV when I was younger. And I thought it was a Duran Duran video, but it wasn't. And it, it turned out that it was his sister was playing. Uh, I can't remember the song, but it was a Prince song. Oh, and and um, I remember just listening to it, and it just like blew my mind. You know, I was I had never heard anything like it. But it was actually Prince was the first song that I actually listened to that that tripped me out. Oh, are you a Prince fan at all? Yeah, I love Prince, man. I, yeah. I love Prince oh, yeah. too, right? Yeah. I always tell people, you know, between Prince and Michael Jackson, if I had to oh, choose, Prince, I would say yeah, Prince. Prince. Okay. The, the reason why I asked you about that music yeah. is because, okay, I grew up in the 80s. I was born in 68. Yeah. First time I ever went to a nightclub, I was 11 years old. And my brother Mario, uh, who I'm going to go visit soon, he's been uh, pretty ill lately. Um, he introduced me to funk, R&B. Now, my sister, my, my niece, uh, uh, Denise, who you met earlier, her mother, Alma, she's the one who introduced me more to like the Depeche Mode, uh, yeah. the Soft Cell. Oh, uh, uh, the, the, yeah, uh, uh, and, and Duran Duran, uh, Thompson Twins. It was all 80s stuff, you know. But out of all of that music, uh, uh, I loved uh, Soft Cell was one of my favorite groups. Yeah. You know, Mark Allman, Entertain Me, Chips on My Shoulders, Sex Dwarf, all yeah. of those songs. yeah. You know, and this club that I used to go to, the reason why I'm sharing it because I have a point. Okay. One side was all funk, R&B, and the other side was all um, like, uh, if you will, what we used to call new wave or yeah. the pitch mode was uh, everything counts when all that stuff was first yeah. coming out. And uh, growing up, I didn't know which way to go. You know, should I be more of the Depeche Mode soft cell stuff? Or should I be more of the R&B funk stuff? Because it kind of was like that back then. I remember when I was in school, it was kind of the clicks were divided by what you listened to. Yes. You know what I mean? And yes. uh, now people just listen to all of it. Yes. You know? Yes. So when I started DJing, weddings, quinceañeras, whatever, I started playing everything. You know, you had to play everything. But when I started meeting hip hop rappers rapping, that's when I started going more towards the hip-hop side okay. but i could have done and lived that lifestyle because i loved it and i bring that up because i like a lot of your videos a lot of your videos uh the western girls videos yeah that was fucking dope that's as i directed that i directed all my videos no shit yeah wow i was about to say uh, uh well who did that tim burton or something like that man that oh, shit was dope that's your boy <laughs> well, <laughs> Leo Parseyer, the dragon dope man you know what much love much props for that shit gracias, hermano. so so wh wh where did you grow up at uh, in, in Sherman Heights, Grand uh -huh. Hills Park in San Diego, California. Okay. Yeah, but I was born in Mexico. I came here when I was four years old. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I landed in Sherman Heights and, you know, been there for until I moved up to L.A. Okay. Yeah. And what part of Mexico were your, were your parents Co Cotija, from? Michoacan. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how long were you there for? Uh, till the age of four. Yeah? Yeah. And do you still have good memories playing over there? No, no. I can't remember anything. Really? Back then, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, and, you know, and I have several several stories that I had in my in my mind, and it wasn't until recently where, where I was talking to my mother about um, 
when we first came to the United States because in my mind I had a complete different story uh, I thought that we came that we got that we came in the trunk of a car <laughs> and then met my father at a gas station but it wasn't that way it was actually my my father's younger brother um, Salvador who was the coyote who brought us through the desert then we met up my with my pops in a in a gas station so that's what actually happened. But in my mind, I had a whole different story, a different okay. take. So four years old, coming to San Diego, yeah. and that's pretty much where you were raised. Yes. Pretty much raised. Yeah. School, you went to Sherman. Art? Yeah, I went to Sherman uh, Elementary, and then I went to Pacific Beach Middle. And then after that, I started getting in trouble. I went to <laughs> Mission Bay High School for like a week. And then after that, I went to a continuation school called Tops. A lot of the troublemakers from our neighborhood would go there. And um, then I got kicked out of that school, man. I didn't even last in the troublemaking school for like less. Same thing, like about a week. I got in trouble. They put me in the wrong class. They put me in a class where that class was kind of segregated. And they put me in a class that like I shouldn't have been in. And <laughs> back then, I was kind of a live wire. And I always felt like I had something to prove. And I... I, you know, I had like a small man's complex, you know, okay. and I was always the one just like setting it off and uh, yeah, I got kicked out. And then after that, that was it. No more school for me. So I started just, uh, you know, doing my thing. And mm -hmm. then I got a job, <laughs> got into working, took that seriously for a while. I think I uh, started working seriously. I, um, I think when I turned 16, I got a job and I really like... Uh, like the people I was working for and they taught me so much and then uh, I was working at a restaurant with this dude Alejandro he was like this uh, you know world-renowned chef and he oh. took a liking to me and he taught me everything he knew and um, after that I just saved up my cash and I opened up my own restaurant when I was 18 and it's still there it's still in San Diego it's called Pokies Pokes Mexican Eatery and it was oh. like the first vegetarian vegan restaurant this wow. was this was in like I opened it in 94 and I was 18 in 94 and, and when I was in 93 is when I started, you know, uh, building it out. Okay. And um, it's still there, still there. My family runs it now. When I started doing music and the music started doing well, I didn't feel that the need to do the restaurant anymore because it was just so time consuming that I gave it to my brothers. I have three brothers, Alfonso, Carlos, Salvador, and um, they run it now. It's theirs. Hermanos? Uh, yeah, I have two sisters, okay. Guadalupe and Sandra. Dope, dope. Yeah, shout out to my family, the Reyes clan. Reyes clan, much love. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, growing up, any instruments? Uh, for a little bit, I did the saxophone. Okay. <laughs> yes, brother, the saxophone was hot in the 80s, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, especially with uh, Careless Whisper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the saxophone for a minute, but that didn't last too long. Um, yeah, that didn't last too long. Any sports growing up? No, no, I was bad. My... Um, I. I was really bad at sports. I did soccer for a little bit, and my dad was actually the the coach, and uh, um, he embarrassed me once in front of the entire team, and it was my bad. I just was not good at sports, and um, he made an example of me because I ended up kicking the ball to the opposite team, and they scored on us, and it was my fault. So my dad got upset and he kind of yelled at me in front of the whole team and I was like, F this. And then I just ran off the field, went home and my mama was, when my pops got home, my mom was like, hey, he's not ever playing 
sports again, you know. Right, right. So it was cool. You know, I got a somewhat of a similar it. story like that with my dad. I was playing football, like tackle football. Yeah. And I was so excited. I think I was like in seventh grade, somewhere around there. And my dad shows up with a station wagon, you know. Yeah. And uh, I turn around and look at him. So I'm going to show off because I, I, uh, they're trying me out for a receiver. They throw the ball and it goes right through my hands. <laughs> and the first, I didn't even look at the coach. I turned around and I looked at him. Yeah. And he was taking a drink of his beer and he was going like this. <laughs> he turned on the station wagon and he took off. I had mm. to walk home. But that was like, Triple, but yeah. you know what? But that encouraged me to try harder. Yeah. So, so now uh, at uh, 16, you started working. Yeah. Uh, what, what was your first job? Uh, I was washing dishes. I was washing dishes at a, at a Spanish restaurant. Okay. But I moved quickly, man. I went from washing dishes. I wasn't washing dishes for that long. I went from that to prepping, to working the line, to being uh, the sous chef really quick. And I even came out in a couple magazines. Uh, really? Yeah, in San Diego, a couple culinary magazines. And yeah, man, I thought I was the, the hot shit for a minute. I really <laughs> thought I was gonna that was going to be uh, what I did for the rest of my life. Right, you know? right. Now, yeah. speaking of chef, do you like uh, Gordon Ramsay? Um, uh, to, to hell and back, uh, Hell's Kitchen. I, I'm not too familiar with, okay. with yeah, with a lot of cooking shows. Uh, I, I, that's about the only one I wa I watched. Yeah. They put on TV. Me gusta ese cabrón because he yells at people. What oh, the that's fuck how are you it doing? is, man. In that I environment, yeah, I love it. So, did, did, would you say you were natural? You know, I think we, so. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I think I just uh, man, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but <laughs> I think I, I think I have. Uh, I'm just I I can adapt and I can you know and I'm, I'm if, if if something interests me I get good at it quick you know just like I did with music you know I, I had right. never done music before and I just um, said I'm gonna start doing this now and for one year I just watched a bunch of YouTube YouTube channels on producing I taught myself how to produce and I started putting all these little music videos together with my cell phone and then and then after that I started to people started reaching out to me and then I started a band called Baptism of Thieves and that went really good in San Diego it had a cult following and then I started a different project called Vampire and I did really well too and in, in my city and you know and we were getting offers from labels and stuff and then we fell apart cuz you know there was turmoil within within the band and that's when I started prayers with my boy De Parlay shout out De Parlay and um, and then that just took off oh, yeah Oh, uh, uh. but you know prayers is actually two people it's me and my partner dave parlay uh -huh. but a lot of people are now just calling me prayers right, <laughs> but right. i'm not prayers <laughs> i'm leah farsayer yes. and my boy dave parlay but uh but yeah maybe and now i'm just gonna i'm just gonna take it in this i'm gonna just be prayers because that's how it is when people see me in the streets they're like yo prayers i'm like oh what's that cool <laughs> yeah now now uh so you had at 16 you started cooking you adapted yeah and what, what gave you the idea to say you know what i'm gonna open up my own fucking restaurant like like what, what made you well it was kind of revenge in a way because i had given um my father and i had given that restaurant that we were working for our everything yes. you know um man i was working 12 hour shifts um seven days a week and then the restaurant got bought by this um football player um i don't remember his name but it was like some San Diego football player. And um, he didn't like me. He didn't like the fact that I was so young and I was running the kitchen. Because okay. at that time, the chef had left to open up a different restaurant in New York. And he left me in charge. 
and they had hired some guy from Spain that was fresh out of culinary school, okay. and but he didn't have no no hands-on experience. He just had all the paperwork, right? Yeah. So he was taking a lot of the credit that I was doing. So he was always like, hey, can you help me with the specials of the day? And I was like, yeah, no problem. And he was getting paid more than I was, and I was doing most of the work, and I had an issue with it. So one day I spoke up, and I was like, hey, man, you know, what's going on here you know like uh this dude's get taking all my credit and i'm doing all this and then the next day i just got fired like that yeah they just the dude was just like you know didn't like my attitude i guess and he fired me and i have an attitude i know that <laughs> but um i think it's you know it's for a reason i'm not just like kicking up dust for no reason right so when i got fired i was kind of i was i was turned off by it and um I didn't know what to do. I had some money saved up, but during that time I was working so much. I was, like I said, I was working seven days a week, 12 hour shifts, and I was making tons of money for, for that time, you know? And I was giving like half of it to my mother. And then the, the other half, I have a, a baby's mother. I was giving her the other half. So, and then I, I wasn't, all I was doing was working. So yeah. I wasn't spending. I was just like, it was, the money was just accumulating. Um, so when, when I was done, I was like, man, what am I, what am I going to do? And at that time I was like, had visited, uh, visit, I had visited San Francisco a few times okay. and I thought to myself, man, I really like San Francisco. Maybe I'll go up there and open up uh, like a coffee shop restaurant down there. And, and it was my father. It was like, no, no te vayas, mijo. Like, don't leave us, stay here. You know, let's do it here. And, and then my mother was like, yo, all the money you gave me, I, I saved it. Like it's here and she had like had it in the shoe box and she was like here and it was like 30 grand in a wow. shoe box and i was like oh all right well let's do it you know so then i i started looking for a spot found a spot that i liked i went called a number met up with the the real estate guy and he was just like man you're too young to open up this restaurant and i was like man just give me a shot you know like i can do this and um he did and um uh, took me like a year, you know, to get it to how I wanted it. And towards the end, I actually had run out of money on the build out. Now I had borrowed some money from some of my homies from my neighborhood and um, some other people just to open it up because I had no money. So I didn't even have money to like get the food, you know. And um, I got the money. I, I started making every all the money back, paid everyone off. And then uh, for six years, I struggled, you know, like bad. Like it, it was really rough. Like there was moments where it was just me running the restaurant because my my dad would get really sick he would have he would faint sometimes and he had like uh diabetes and he, you know he had other things wrong with him so sometimes it was it was my father and i it was my restaurant i opened and my father was like oh, i got your back i'm gonna work with you so um during this time during this time it was just my father and i so we didn't make enough money to have employees yeah so and there would be moments where my father would like have a seizure and he would faint on me so i would have to like uh um cut an onion put it under in his nose to wake him up he would wake up and i'd be like hey papa uh, pa, just sit down so i would run the restaurant by myself like people would come in yes. and i still remember my my little spill that i had i would say hey i'm here by myself um, i'm running the restaurant so like if you're if you're in a hurry it's going to take a minute but if you if you're not you know you're welcome to stay and eat and some people would be like well i'm in a hurry 
Some people would say, yeah, it's cool. Uh, you know, I have the time. So I would bring them their silverware, uh, their drinks, their chips, their salsa, their menu. I would take their order. Then I would go to the back and then I would make their food. I would bring it to them. Then I would ring them up. Then I would clear the table, wash the dishes. And I was, I was doing that, man, for like six years. I was killing myself, man. I didn't have no life. I lost like friendships uh i lost so much and actually and i was really depressed during that time too because like you know um everything had changed uh for me because i was i went from making a lot of money and even when i was in my neighborhood of i grew up really poor but i've always managed to have money in my life even when i was at my poorest when i was really young i used to like go go to the soccer field to the parks and i would recycle cans so i always had feria with me you know and um and then when i was you know when i was doing my thing with my homeboys i had a lot of money back then too you know i would run errands and whatever but and it would take care of me but so i've always had feria with me even like so but that was that those six years was the first period of my life that i was like working extremely hard and and had nothing to show for it and and my mother would tell me hey ya cierra el restaurant you're killing yourself and i was like i can't i i signed a lease for five years and right. if i if i leave i'm still gonna have to if i go get a job and i leave this i've still got to pay that rent you know or i'm gonna get right. sued so i'm just gonna stick it out for for um i'm gonna stick it out till the lease is over and fuck it you know i remember man i used to sometimes like on my own like be be I would catch myself like not catch myself but sometimes I would be in tears you know like I didn't even like my car broke down I had no money to fix it so now I had to get all the produce um on a skateboard wow. so I sold the car just to make a little extra money and I remember I would wake up at five in the morning um skateboard down to uh the produce district and then get all the produce stack it up on the on the skateboard walk it to this to the restaurant sometimes the restaurant uh, the 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 skateboard would hit a crack on the concrete and everything would just spill the tomatoes the avocados everything would just be on the streets cars would run over my produce and i'd be like just frustrated and i'd just yeah. break out you know tears would come out of my eyes because i was just so like beaten you know like yeah. my spirits were broken and that was like a reoccurring theme man. that was like for six years that was happening man and then I was doing the the vegan vegetarian thing, and and this was in the '90s. That word didn't even exist back then. Like right. like I knew it existed, and the people that that I was, you know, the people that were in my circle, which was you know the hardcore straight edge scene in San Diego, which were a lot of the kids that were would come and eat at my restaurant and support me. Um, shout out to the homie Curtis from TTBB. Shout out, um, uh, damn, who else? There's a few. Uh, um, people that helped me out along the way that were like in that scene that were always like looking out for me but for the most part like I was on my own you know yeah. and um yeah man I struggled you know I'd stay but you know what like um after six years uh it turned around like after actually after like the fifth year I started seeing money coming in and and then all of a sudden there was like a lot of money the restaurant just blew up i bought my mom a house when i was 24 years old awesome you know i bought myself a house when i was 27 i built an apartment complex right after that when i was like 29 or something you know what i mean so i took that money flipped it so um yeah and then the the restaurant you know i, I stuck it out it went from from a curse to a blessing you know yeah 
Yeah, yeah man. You know, when I was, it reminds me because when I was 16 years old, uh, uh, my first job was working at a video, or second job was working at a video store. Mm -hmm. And I knew how to run that damn place after like a couple of months. Yeah. And after a while, I told my mom, let's open up a video store. Again, this is the 80s. Yeah. We opened up a video store right down the street, and it was actually su successful for a while. But here was the thing. I was there working like from nine o'clock to like nine o'clock at night. And I'm gonna be honest, I know my brothers are not gonna like it, but they never used to help. I knew how to run yeah. the register, I knew how to do the uh, number of the videotapes, he told it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they never helped and then it just went under. I wish I could have stuck it out, but I couldn't be there every day from nine to nine, 12, 12 hours. I know it's tough, but that's what that kind of reminded me of, you know, but you know, that's an amazing story right there. And I know you mentioned a lot about your father. Obviously you guys had a really good, close, tight relationship. Yeah, man, I miss my pops, man. We had a really close relationship, man. And uh, towards the end, it got really hard um, for him physically. And, you know, he was um, extremely sick. And towards the towards the end of, of, his, of his life, um, I was doing really well financially. And I decided, you know what? I'm already visiting my father at the nursing home all the time. I'm, I'm taking him and picking him up uh, from his doctor appointments. And I'm, I'm just, all I'm doing is, you know, spending time with him yeah. so he want he didn't want to be in the nursing home no more and he's like hey man if i want to if i'm gonna die i want to die in my in my own bed in my yes. own home and i was like yeah screw it let's do it you know what i mean the restaurant's doing really well i it's running itself my brothers are old enough and not old enough now to to work there and keep an eye on it they were managing it for me so i was just going in and collecting the money i wasn't even working it anymore so i was like you know what i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna be my dad's caretaker you know caregiver so I got him out of the nursing home and I took care of my pops for like four years, you know, I would make his food, take him to the, um, take him to his doctor appointments, to his dialysis. But my, my, my dad was, um, how can I say, um, physically he could, he, he couldn't take care of himself and his body was now doing things that like he could, he couldn't control, like he would soil himself, you know, so I would have to change him. And um, I think that bothered him. And, you know, at the moment, maybe I felt like that I was doing things that, how can I put it? Let me try to form this sentence and put this together. What I'm trying to say is that, like, <clears throat> I didn't realize that maybe someone else should have been doing that instead of, instead of me. Because, again, I'm his his son he's my father and now i'm you know changing his, his diaper yes so i'm sure that didn't sit well with him you know but i thought like i didn't think of it like that i just was like yo this is my father i love him i'll do anything for him and um it started chipping away at our relationship you know and he would get rude with me and he would say cruel things and towards the end he said he you know he he was Towards the end, he had an incident where he soiled himself, and I was like, I was kind of upset because at this point, I had already, like, I've been doing this for four years. I had no, you know, lost my girlfriend, not because of it, but I was just so committed to my dad. And um, when that happened, um, um, so, okay, where am I at? So sometimes I, when I go talk about my father, it just, like, puts me in a moment where, like, uh, my my thoughts just uh good, i have a hard time you know communicating that story but um so 
what had occurred was I think uh, we were chipping away at each other. You know, he was chipping away at my patience, and and um, because I felt like I didn't I didn't expect him to to be like, hey man, this is great that you you're doing this for me. You know, but I didn't want to be belittled either. So at at one point, um, plus he was man, I am really struggling talking today. So I had said, Father, you got to let me know when you saw yourself because you're getting a rash and I want to be able to help you. And, you know, and I didn't, he didn't even know that he'd soiled himself. You know, he had no control over his body. So if he would have known, he would probably say, hey, take me to the bathroom, right? But I wasn't thinking that way. I was just tired. And during that day, I made him a bath and I was cleaning him and, and he went in on me. He said some things that really hurt me. He was like, hey, you, you like touching me. That's why you do this. You you, you like touching my junk. You're a little this, you're a little that. And I was like, yeah, I totally love cleaning your soiled parts. I'm holding my breath because I'm about to throw up in my own mouth. And this is how you're talking to me. And I said, you know what, F you, no one, this is the reason no one else wants to help you, you know, because how you treat people, you know, the nursing home didn't even want you because you were so rude to everyone. And, and now the only person that's helping you, you're treating me like this. And I was like, you know what, uh, F you, I, 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 I put his clothes, I dried him out, I put his clothes on and I left him on the bed and, and I left, I abandoned him, I peaced out. I was like, you know what, F you. And we said some mean things to each other. I was like, fuck you, no, fuck you. And then I left. I said, fuck it. I called some of, some of my old homeboys. And I was like, where are you guys at? And cruise over. And I went and smoked some pot. And, and at this time, I was like completely sober. I've always been pretty much sober. You know, I've experimented. And I, I used to, you know, fuck around with a lot of like LSD. But I never really did like a lot of crazy stuff, you know, either than like LSD and some. I guess that is crazy. <laughs> to me, it wasn't. Just a little but, bit. Uh, so whatever, cause some of the homies had some beer and they had some 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 uh, some pot and uh, then I get a phone call. You know, I get a phone call from my mother and she's like, "What the?" F you know, she's screaming at me like, "Why? Why aren't you? Why did you abandon your dad?" And I was so mad too. I was just like, "Screw him! I'm sick of his shit. He doesn't appreciate me or what I'm doing for him." fucking tired of this shit i've given up so much I'm, I'm young i could be hanging out with you know whatever and instead i'm like you know spending all this time trying to do all these things for him that he's on he's ungrateful fuck him i'm sick of him I, I hope he fucking dies already you know he's just a burden on on us and and then my mom's like well you got your fucking wish and i was just like fuck i just fucking you know i just went pale i just go you know my my shit just fucking hurt I got in my car and I drove down to my mother's house. My my dad passed away, you know. I left him in the bed and he choked on his vomit, you know. And I wasn't there, to, so it, it fucked me up. I was I started punishing myself in different ways. I started like just I wanted to get beat up, you know. So I was always like going out, picking fights with people, and uh, it was funny. Like I've been in so many fights, but I've lost the majority of all those fights that I've been in. But that period when my father passed away and I was angry, like I never had lost a fight. And I think I was just fighting differently. You know, I, I really yeah. was was wanting someone to like beat the shit out of me, you know. Yeah. And and I think my anger and my pain um, was um, giving me a strength that like I didn't have before, you know. So I punished myself for a long time. 
and then I um I got in I got in trouble um right after that and um did like six months in a in a work furlough program and in the work furlough program um my dad came to me in a dream and it was as real as this conversation that you and I are having and I was like um was taken back by it and it, it you know he basically we, we made peace with each other you know and um um he said he loved me and that it wasn't my fault and that he wants me to just stop punishing myself and to you know do the things that are in my heart whatever that may be and um man i woke up a different person you know yeah. i woke up a completely different person and i started working out every morning um and then i started writing and I, when I got out of the program, um, I finished a book and then that's when I was like, I was, that's when I actually started doing music. I didn't, when I got out of the program, actually I did a couple of things because before that, um, before all of that, right after that, I had like, I've always been kind of into fashion. So I had won a scholarship for fashion design. Wow. Yeah, but, uh, but instead of going to school for fashion design, I ended up going to school for, for hypnotherapy because I wanted to uh, work on my own mind. I didn't want someone else to work on it, so I wanted to work on, on it myself. So I, I ended up uh, becoming, I went to school for, hypno, for hypnosis and I learned neuro-linguistic programming and um, I actually applied the neuro-linguistic programming to the music that I was making at the time and um the first album that i'm well i made a, a bunch of albums that didn't come out but the first one that came out which was like uh, the the sd kill wave with uh, um from dog to god all of those songs were um written with with the with the uh with neuro-linguistic programming in mind awesome yeah we're gonna press pause right there we're gonna take a 10 minute break and we're gonna pick it up right where we yeah, left yeah, off yeah, yeah, awesome cool. awesome so once again everybody uh we're having a great time here with rafael uh make sure you call somebody take somebody slap the shit out of somebody let them know that we're in the, the building with prayers once again go get a uh, don't drink corona go get a modelo you might get the virus but uh once again we'll be back 10 minutes talk to you soon Welcome everybody back to Rodian Radio episode 41 and I'm your host Tony A. The Wizard. Don't ask me why they call me The Wizard. Maybe one day I'll explain it. But I think on several podcasts I've already shared it. But anyway, there's nothing wizard about me uh, uh, other than um, my quick hands on the turntables. And I don't even know if wizards are even quick. But anyways, without further ado, once again, Rafael. Yeah. How you doing, my brother? I'm great, carnal. Gracias. Todo bien. You know, Todo firme. Uh, yes, on break, sí, we man. heard that they canceled the NBA season supposedly because of the coronavirus yeah and then uh, uh my niece was telling me that um it's that tom hanks and his wife caught the coronavirus they tested positive for that but well, you know what i don't understand what's going on with all the toilet paper man yeah what's the deal with that <laughs> i i don't know i mean i understand if you have a big nalga you need a lot of toilet paper yeah. you know if you don't you know save us some but anyways back to where we were at let's press unpause and before we went to break you were talking about uh your first album Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, man. Oh man, the the, the pause that we took really uh, um, helped out. <laughs> yeah, put me in a different space. Uh, space. Yeah, yeah. My first album, SD Kill Wave, man. I did that with my partner Dave Parlay. Um, we did that in two days, man. Wow. Yeah, in two days, and uh, I put a lot of NLP, neuro linguistic programming. So a lot of the songs are very like if you listen to the lyrics, they're just very repetitive. And there's certain words that I use that it stimulate the subconscious mind. You know, there's like 
it's been a minute since since uh, since I studied since I would have to go back to uh, my books but um, there's certain words that stimulate the the subconscious minds that allows the the the, 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 the certain part of the mind to open because there's the there's the uh, there's, what is it? There's the analytical and there's the subconscious, and um, in order for 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 you to even like uh, be able to um, break into the subconscious mind, you got to use certain words that 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 are like keys that will open it. So there's a word like um, like uh, what's the, the the word because is one of them. Uh, the word like, let's see, um, the word imagine is a good one. So so if I was to say to you, imagine, your mind already opens up to tons of possibilities, right? And mm. I can paint whatever picture I want with, with that type of word. So That's how John Lennon, uh, he had that awesome song, Imagine. Remember that song? Oh, yeah. That's uh, dope. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, the now, power of words, man. I've always been fascinated yes. by words. Uh, um, yeah. Um, my favorite word is ceremony. I just love the way it sounds. I love the letters and what dope. it means to, yeah. Dope. Now, uh, you know, now let me ask you, for those of us that are producers and love drum machines and love music, mm -hmm. who produced that first album? My boy, Dave Parlay. Yeah, okay. on an MPC. MPC. Yeah. That's dope. You know, you know, I know I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but I've seen lots of videos of you and you don't have a band. No, no, it's just my partner and I. It's like old school, like... Uh, uh, let's say like Tears for Fears, like Pet Shop Boys, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Soft Cell, yes. just two dudes, you know what I mean? Yeah. One and then, one on the mic and one producing. Like, bah, 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 bah. Yeah, and, and like, he does that in real time. You know, he's he's a drummer by trade. Uh-huh. Yeah, that but he's dope, dope, man, my boy. I wish he was here. I invited him to roll through, but he had some some something going on already. That, that shit is dope. So how many songs did you do on that album? I believe eight. Uh-huh. I believe eight. Yeah. Now, now here's a question that I should have asked. Uh, what made you, if you will, or encouraged you or motivated you to start singing slash, you know, I, I guess. I always, I always loved music. I always wanted to, but like, um, you know, I was doing, um, I was doing it at the, at the time I was doing what I, what I needed, which was to make money, which was this restaurant, you know, but I've I always felt like, uh, you know, inside like i felt like uh for lack of better words an artist you know i felt like uh really always as a kid you know i always loved music drawing mm -hmm. you know clothing oh yeah dope. you know there's a lot of stories that you shared that remind me uh, a lot of my life for an example uh drawing i always loved drawing yeah when i was a kid actually in elementary school i used to draw murals i, I loved big pictures and start drawing them painting them and everything and even when you shared about your father, it reminded me a lot about my father because my father lived down the street. He lived to live by himself and he had a caretaker and uh, she would actually take care of him and change him or whatever yeah. he needed. But uh, one good thing, even though he he's passed away, uh, some of the good things that I, I hold on from my father is that sometimes I still think he's still alive. Uh, I would wake up because I get up in the morning, uh, get dressed, and then walk down the street to a diner or whatnot. And I like walking a lot, yeah, and it's, and I love doing a lot of things by myself. And um, I, I always hear his voice, you know, Antonio, ven a recogerme, you know. And I always think, to let me call him, and then I remember that he's no longer here. But those are like my father's memories, like th that I still have. Yeah. So, so, there's been times that I've told my kids, like, I'm gonna go pick. 
and I catch myself saying, I'm going to go pick up my father, you okay. know, and bring him over or whatnot. Yeah. But uh, um, again, uh, so your first album comes out. Did you have a distribution deal? Did you have a record no, deal at the time? Or No, I self-released it, man, through uh, CD Baby. Shout out CD Baby because, you know, they've looked out for me, man, you know, even to this day. And straight up, man, I get some of my fattest checks from CD Baby still. Like, really? I trip out. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually thinking like my last album, my Baptism of Thieves, I released it with BMG, so a major label, you know, and they did me great, man. BMG came through for me, and they took care of me, and they let me own my masters, you know, which is, you know, rare. Right, but right. I own all my masters to everything. And um, but I was thinking, you know, CD Baby just got bought out, but I, I don't know who. But um, I was talking to my management, and I was like, man, I don't know if my next album, if I want to go major again. I mean, maybe I'll play it for them, shop it around and see what they're offering and whatnot. But there's a part of me that like really wants to go independent again just because of the control and because I don't I don't like uh, deadlines and I don't like, right. you know, people changing things on me. And that's that's what I didn't like about, uh, you, you know, there were certain songs in Baptism of Thieves that I felt were not done, you know, but the deadline was like, yo, this is coming out that this date and and there's no ifs or buts and i was just like man this you know wild roses i really wanted to work on it a little bit more and, and um that's what happens when other people you know right. have a say in what you're doing so um i'm working on a new album actually i'm calling it cholo goth you know just because i coined the term and and i felt like it's it's time for me to put a stamp on it but i'm, I'm like four songs no i i love four songs i'm like six songs deep and two of them, I'm kind of like, I'm not, you know, I'm not in love with them. I don't know if I'm going to keep them, work on them a little bit more, see if I can get them to where I'm, I'm happy about them. But I have four. This this new album that I'm working on, I'm also same thing, like eight track, eight songs. You know, I don't think people are consuming music the way they used to, like where, right. you know, 12, 24 songs on an album. I just do eight. And, um, but like I have four that I'm really excited about, you know, I'm doing two songs in Espanol, which yeah. is my first time that I oh, oh. that I've done that. But yeah, like I was saying, I'm starting, I'm regressing, um, I'm off topic. But yeah, I'm thinking about maybe, maybe self-releasing, you know, and I'll probably do it um, through CD Baby. I love the transparency. I mean, my my team wants me to look into other options and stuff, which I'm probably gonna see what else is out there for me. But yeah. I don't know, man. Um, I like the transparency and I like the control, you know what I mean? I like that I can go in and, and just see my numbers and mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I love that I get a, a monthly check, you know, even from the labels. So sometimes it takes whatever it takes, but with the man, I mean, dude, I, I still, I great, I made great, I did great money with, with Baptism of Thieves and, and Young Gods, but like, man, I still get monthly checks from SD Killwave and Gothic Summer, you know? Wow. Yeah. Now, um, around, how old were you when you first started performing? Shoot, I was old, man. I think I was like 37. <laughs> <laughs> I was already had, you know, already had ganas, you know. <laughs> so, so, so you weren't like as a youngster, maybe talent shows, performing? Or no, like, uh, no, no, no. Okay. I, I think uh, when I was younger, I, I don't want to say I, I was shy but i was definitely dealing with a lot of demons you know what i mean i had just came you know I was, I was seeing my therapist the other day and uh um she was asking me about some of my early memories and whatnot and um 
she was asking me one of my first memories of school and I was just like telling her how like there was a certain teacher that I really liked because she was always patient with me and um, you know she was like my special ed teacher and she was like you're in special ed and I was like yeah you know I, I wasn't good I wasn't um, that bright and I wasn't you know good at learning and and she's like no nah, dude like you have it all wrong like what it was is that you were like first generation here you're like you know just came to the united states you didn't know the language you didn't have a older brother or someone the information wasn't trickling down you know what i mean you were like the, your your father you know my father was you know he's i love my father he didn't read or know how to read or write but he was always i remember my dad always being there with me and being like what does it say here and, and helping me with my homework even though he didn't even understand it and it wasn't until i was able to read that I and I would catch my own mistakes that I realized like wait 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 how come my father is saying that like this is correct when it's not and then I, I caught on to it and I was like hey do you even understand this like you know like why I mean he would help me he was good with math but he didn't know how to read or write but um and and I was like and I, I would I would intentionally fuck up just to see if if he knew what i was you know catch right. up if he would catch on catch up on it and he would he would he would say oh yeah great job man that's good and i was like nah this is wrong like what and he was like oh mijo you know you know right. and i was like then why are you helping me you know and, and he was like i'm just trying to fucking encourage you yeah. you know and i was just like damn i really man i love my pops man rest in peace um but so so my therapist was like nah it's not the, it's not that it's not that you, you you know weren't smart enough it was just that you know you're the first one to be right. introduced to this new world you know uh you didn't speak the language so of course you you know and it's crazy that you tell your story of like well i'm in special ed because i fucking wasn't smart enough but right. it was you know that wasn't the case so yeah you know what are we talking about <laughs> Albert, it's all it's all good, brother. It's all good. You know what? Oh, the album, yeah, man. No, look, you know, it's funny that you say that because when I was in elementary school, uh, uh, mi primer idioma fue español, was Spanish. Yeah, me too, okay? yeah. And uh, when I would see people in my elementary school that talk Spanish, I would talk to them in Spanish. Yeah. So right away, my teacher put me in ESL class, you know. And I remember I was one of the brightest kids in that class, and the teacher the teaching that ESL class would always tell me, you don't belong in here. Like, what are you doing here? And I just think back then, if they just, they just heard you speak Spanish, they just threw you, you know, with the, all the Spanish-speaking kids. Yeah. You know, but uh, I think I grew up thinking that I was dumb because uh, they always put me in those classes, yeah, you know? Man. They always put you in those classes, but uh, uh, I knew I became, if you will, a, a student of reading, if you will, when I turned 22. I began to pick up books, yeah. and I just began... You know, and I began to pretty much educate myself. So now yeah. I love reading. And we were talking about earlier about Egypt. I read a lot of things right. about ancient uh, uh, Egypt, uh, Assyria, uh, yeah. uh, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome, Israel, everything. You know, yeah. I think I know more about those, uh, 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 if you will, um, world powers than I do over Mexico and maybe over the United States. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, man. I, I was definitely uh, colonized in a sense, and I'm trying to decolonize myself, you know as we speak but um yeah i i'm with you on that man same here you know i think i learned more about other you know religions and and places than i did about mexico you know right, right. until recently recently that's that's my jam you know <laughs> now, now you were saying earlier that you produced yeah okay now uh what what, what encouraged that was it just fucking i'm just gonna try it 
or yeah well i wanted to do music okay so this is a funny story right here that kind of like uh what got me into producing so before i before before i got in trouble um there was this one i had started this like uh whoa what's the word a uh for like a better words like uh like a group of artists right like uh so in San Diego at the time, there were all these galleries, but they would only allow certain individuals to show. And they weren't really letting certain street artists and whatnot show. And at this time, I really was into um, into painting and, and sculptures. And um, so I started this, this group. I had my restaurant. So a lot of times I was like, well, I have this restaurant. I have this building. I'm going to throw shows here. Oh, so okay. when the when the restaurant was doing really well, I even was doing music festivals in my restaurant, oh, you know, wow. for all the local bands. And I would have art shows and whatnot. So I started a kind of a group. I started gathering all the outcasts and like people that like nobody really was messing with. And I was like, hey, well, come over here. You know, you can show at my place. And I started this little group at the time that I had a falling out with. They're called the Diamond Dogs. And I had a falling out with them. But um, I started it. And... Um, during during that time there was this one individual who i, I saw a lot of talent mm -hmm. and um he was uh, he was producing and he was making his own music and he was you know singing and rapping and he's just fucking really cool at what he did and um at this time i had asked him what, what look, so he wanted to put out his music and i so the group the diamond dogs we used to get together once a month and and, and we paid dues you know, and with that money, we would throw events or we would help each other out. If someone wanted to put out some music, say, hey, well, we have some money here. Let's let's do that. So he was like, hey, I have this album. I want to put it out. And I was like, OK, cool. We'll, we'll you know, we'll put it out. We'll, so we got him a bunch of CDs and we put his album out. And we even I even produced his first music video and everything. I didn't even know what I was doing. It's my homeboy, <laughs> Jason, um, one of my, my homies um, helped us out with that. And he was a diamond dog, too. So in the Diamond Dogs, there, there was different people that did different things. You know, okay. some people did music and some people, um, you know, wrote poems and some people painted and, and some people did fashion. It was just a, it was a really cool group at the time and nothing like it, you know, mm -hmm. um, for and, and San Diego. And, and it was cool because we were like, you know, I'm from a neighborhood. I'm from Sherman Grand Hills Park. But, and we even had other dudes from other neighborhoods that were part, that were kind of like technically rivals. But there were outcasts and they wanted to, and they really were into their art and their hand. I was like, man, come over here. You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as you don't bring that stuff, we could bring your art and let's, 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 you know, let's, let's make some art. So, um, where am I at? Oh, so we put out this dude's, um, music out. Um, I'm not going to say his name. I'm going to give you no, no credit, dude. But, uh, <laughs> so we put out his music and, um, man, we went all out for this dude, you know? And then one day, I wanted to, I had written this song that I had in my head and I was over at this pad and we were just having a good time. And I, and I said, Hey man, like record me, you know, like, I, I know you have a bunch of beats and like, it, I just want to do this. I just want to know what I sound like. I want to hear my voice and you know, it, it, it'd be fun. Yeah. And then he like, and then he just looks at me straight faced and he says, nah, and I was like, wow. what? And then he's like, dude, you got to stay in your lane, man. Like, I do music. You do food. You know what I mean? You do the restaurant. And, like, that's, that's what I do. 
And I was like, oh man, I'm not trying to do music. I just, you know what I mean? Just like messing around. Like, let me, and, and it, it hurt me. You know what I mean? Cause I, I felt like, man, I put out your music, whatever. I shouldn't have had expectations. You know, when you do things for people, you do it out of love, not because you expect anything, but it did kind of like, was like, oh, okay. Put a dagger through my heart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, damn. Okay. So then, so then I didn't ever want to ask nobody to, you know what I mean? And then I had actually tried out for a band before that. Like way, way before that, and uh, the floor genius, and um, they had picked me. They were like, "Yeah, you can be our our, our singer." And I was like, "Oh, so excited about that!" And then the dude started dating this girl, and then he gave, you know, he replaced me with his girlfriend. So I never even got part of to be a part of that band. And I was like, "Ah, oh, okay, whatever. It is what it is." So that's when I was like. Yo, you know what? F everybody. I'll just, I'll do it on my own. So when I got out of that uh, that program, I, I, um, I was in a different mind, mind space too. You know what I mean? Um, we'll say my space. <laughs> but, mindset. Uh, yeah, mindset. <laughs> um, so, um, I didn't really want to, I don't know. I was on my own thing. I, I really wasn't, um, wanting to associate with too many people and i had a falling out with those guys right. like some some bad things happen you know uh, and i had a falling out with them whatever and um i moved on i parted ways and i said man i'm gonna do my own thing so i like i said i got on youtube and i learned and i went my got myself a microcord i got, got myself a chaos pad and and i just started making beats you know right. on my own i just would go on youtube and learn and i just started taught myself how to play the synthesizer and um yeah and I, and I did actually i have a solo project that i w called night ritual and oh. i built everything off of night ritual so even baptism of thieves was the foundation was night ritual because i had started doing all my own stuff and people were now now i was in control right now i had the power because i was making the beats and i was writing the songs and people were digging them so now they were coming to me saying hey man can i be a part of this yeah. and i was like yeah cool be a part of this so when things would if we had a falling out i didn't care because the foundation was still just me i was still making all the music right you know i was just having players come and play the music that i was mm -hmm. making and right. same thing with vampire so in vampire uh, shout out to my boy heresy who i love you know he was the guitar player in hair and, and and vampire and he, he was a righteous dude man he always stuck by me and never had a problem with him he's one of my closest friends but the other dude that i had an issue with not going to mention his name but um again i was already making all the music right. so other people were playing my music yeah so when we would have a falling out i'd be like cool and i would already i was already performing by myself under night ritual so oh, okay. i was doing my own thing and and i and, and i had you know i had a little following in san diego and i had songs that people still i have a song called underneath the stars that like there's no video for it there's just a photo and it's got you know thousands of yeah. views without ever being promoted and it's a underground right. popular song you know that like if you know if you've been following me and you know what i do then then you know this history right. because a lot of people just know prayers but i was doing other stuff before prayers and all this was in the span of one year so i did all of this in the span of one year i was already playing shows and i didn't need nobody i didn't care about management agents and all that stuff right. i was just like doing it on my own making little videos like i said on my cell phone and people just, you know, like, uh, 
enjoyed it, I guess, or picked up on it. And then it took off from there and until I started doing prayers. And then prayers became what it is now. And, wow. um, but yeah. You know, I, I love your story, man, because t t from the very beginning that we started talking, you've always had this mentality, this mindset of, I'm going to win. I'm going to get it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, young gods. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's funny because you said, oh, fuck it. I'm going to start doing my own music. I'm going to look at YouTube. I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to buy my own shit. Like you said, I don't even really know what I was doing. I was learning. And there I go. You start yeah. building your own, uh, your own foundation, your own fan base. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because I meet young kids all the time, whether they're teenagers or in their early 20s. They want to learn how to produce. They want to learn how to DJ. And here's what I said. Do you got the equipment? Yes. I said, dude, just go to fucking YouTube. YouTube is college now. Yeah, just man. go on there. Just look how to scratch. I said, I'll show you whatever, you know, I, yeah. I could show you uh, how to produce, you know, hip hop beats. You got everything, you know, but a lot of these kids, don't, they don't have the want to to learn, you know, and you're over here sharing that you wanted to, you know? Yeah, it was, a, it was, a, it was, it was dormant inside of me, you know? Uh -huh. It's always dormant inside of me. You know, now, when you started recording yourself, yeah. uh, uh, you know, singing, uh, did you like hearing yourself? No, man, I, I would ha make those vocals <laughs> super wet, man. So much reverb, you know what I right. mean? And echo. and then, But that was the sound, the sound that I was making. That was what I was into, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, I, I was really into, like, just this haunted... Um, yet, like, the music was still kind of, like, you know, lively, but the vocals and the content has always, from since day one, has always been just very dark and, and drenched in the occult, and, the, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's my M.O., you know, that's what I'm into, yeah. and that's what, uh, you know. You, you like watching scary movies? No, no. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's different. Uh, yeah, it's, it's what I'm into is completely different. You know what right. I mean? It's 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 more of a lifestyle. I just uh, um, it's helped me, you know, in, in in so many ways. It pulled me out of like, like, the darkness pulled me out of like my sadness and my depression in okay. a sense. It empowered me. You know what I mean? Okay. Like uh like magic empowered me in so many different ways. Like I've seen I've seen it. With my own eyes, I've I've had three out of body of experiences where I mm -hmm. where my spirit saw my my body where I saw myself, you know, okay. and it really moved me. And I've, I've you know, um, hey, echo, <laughs> was that my spirit? No, <laughs> now, that, now when you say magic, you're not talking about pick a card. No, 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 not that I know, type just, of magic. No, right. magic with a K. Okay. But um, yeah, it saved my life, man, in so many different ways, and you know, and it's, it's. I feel like it's given me everything that that you that that I have. Also, you know, I'm also the type of person like that, like um, I do, I don't do things like hoping they bear fruit, even yeah. though they do. I just do things out of passion and love, you know, yeah. and because I enjoy doing things and. If they take off, well, fucking awesome, right? Yeah. But I don't, I didn't start doing music because I was like, oh, it's, you know, I'm gonna make a living off of it. No, no, I would just, someone said I couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna do it, you know? Yeah. Like this dude said no to me. A lot of people were like closing their doors to me. And I was just like, man, I'm, it's in my heart, you know? It's yeah. in my heart. It's a burning desire. And if no one is gonna, you know, hold my hand through it, then I'll be my own best friend, you know, I'll guide myself through it. And I, it's, I've always been like that too. I've always been my own best friend, you know yeah, what I mean? I've always yeah. looked out for myself. I've always felt that I owe myself 
like certain experiences, you know, and uh, and I, I think that's where Leah Farsayer comes in because I am, my name is Rafael Reyes and Leah Farsayer is my first and last name backwards, mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like, you know, there's the me that's that's here and then there's, and then, and then there, you know, I, I think there's like just, just like there's the, you know, the, the spirit and the soul that's constantly just kind of like looming over you, just kind of watching you, right? Mm -hmm. Watching the experience. And then there's the mind that's like a child that's learning, that's here, and that's kind of like seeing things for the first time. But the spirit is ancient, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like the eternal flame. It's been here forever. So it's, so it's you know, it's not its first time here. But now, but the mind is new, right? This is mm -hmm. a new brain and it's seeing the things that are unfolding in front of us. Um, so for me, I feel like my spirit, or as I like to say, Leah Farsayer just guides me through experiences. And if, and it says, hey man, you, you want to try this out? Let, let's try it out and, uh, and I'll walk you through it. You know what I mean? Okay. So I think a lot of the things that I have done have always, you know, I've, I've, I've had this, 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 you know, this guy, this guiding force. Okay. Like now, when when you started doing this music, uh, uh, when you started producing it yourself, mm -hmm. how was the response uh, uh, when you were showing people? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, certain people gravitated towards it, and a lot of people were like, "Yo, this is trash," and I think a lot of people still think it's trash, you know. But and it's and it's, you know, I get it; it's all good. But like, I've never judged people based on what they do because it's hard to do what anyone does. You right. know what I mean? Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I still have a lot of people that probably dislike w what I do but you know um, cream rises to the top you know what I mean oh well you know it's funny because when I first started producing uh, I was never any good I'll be honest with you but I wanted to and I had a passion and a desire to do music yeah. and then eventually I found somebody we clicked we did it we got signed and we started touring okay yeah. uh, and now when you started performing yeah. how was that reception oh man it was amazing instantly man i went up there just like uh like i felt at home like the first time that i performed uh it was with 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 vampire or oh, was it baptism of these it was baptism of these but in baptism of these i would i, I made all our cus costumes uh -huh. so we wore like these like masks that were like handmade that i had had made and all these like uh you know almost like regalia but like almost like uh demonic kind of <laughs> stuff but i made all the clothing for us and then we would perform so it was kind of safe because i was behind a mask and if right. you wear a mask you know you, you kind of feel kind of safe behind it but when i um started doing vampire i was i was in the front when i was doing baptism of thieves i was only doing the the, the drum machine and the synthesizer okay and then my buddy heresy and it was more of a kind of like a, a you know noise avant-garde type of project and I had my boy um, Heresy. He was on a lead guitar, and then um, this guy Michael Zepp. He was on the drums and the vocals. So he okay. was playing the, the the he was playing the drums and he was doing the vocals. Uh -huh. And it wasn't until I did Vampire, because I was doing Night Ritual already, but uh, and I but I still hadn't like fully performed a lot of shows on my own. It wasn't until I had a falling out with 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 um, those projects that I was like, I don't. I'm just gonna keep doing this like I started by myself. Yeah. You know, but and and Vampire was the first where I was just the the, the lead vocalist. That's a dope ass name, Vampire. You keep the more you keep saying it, the more I like it's it. It's dope, right? I'm like, That's how come no one ever thought of it? Right? I, I, I thought it was a dope, Vampire, a dope ass name. Yeah, and um, yeah, and then we did our first show at a church, an abandoned church, and it was just, uh, it was beautiful, man. I had such a great experience. You, you, are you were you ever a Kiss fan? 
not I like Kiss, but not not a huge Kiss okay. fan. Yeah. I was in fourth grade, and my brother he always rewarded me if I was good. Yeah, he man, would always say, "Si te portas bien." You know, you get good grades. Yeah. I'll take you to go see Kiss. They're going to be at the forum. So there I am. My two uh, brothers, a younger brother. I have five brothers. My younger brother and my older brother, we went. My young, my oldest brother is over here looking at us. My two brothers were like saying, ah, we don't want to watch these fools. <laughs> well, the crowd was going crazy. We yeah. want Kiss. Before you know it, my two brothers were yelling, we want Kiss. I was always a huge Kiss fan. Uh, uh, my mom thought I was crazy uh, because I liked Kiss. You know, I liked all kinds of music. As a matter of fact, yeah. Kiss uh, Love Gun album was my first album that I ever owned. Yeah. And uh, I saw them in concert. And my favorite Halloween, uh, my favorite uh, holiday ever was Halloween. Did you like Halloween at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, for three years in a row, I think my mother was trying to uh, throw a hint out there. For three years in a row, she dressed me like the devil. <laughs> el diablo I'm like what's up for Halloween pues el diablo you know the next year I'm like what's up for Halloween pues I tell you la mascara yeah. alright cool man, shout out el diablo man cause he's been uh, a huge like uh, uh, what's the word supporter of what I do you know what I mean he's like constantly just looking out for me in so many ways you know what I mean and I really a lot of the songs that I've written you know are definitely like dedications you know to mm -hmm. to the love you know that we share for each other okay that'll work yeah. you know uh, um now you're not talking about el diablo from the loteria right <laughs> him too <laughs> though, though we're gonna take a 10 minute break brother yeah. we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about the origins of the beginning of prayers yeah let's do that awesome all right everybody uh once again go get a uh, matter of fact when i come back i'm gonna have me a nice cold modelo with a couple of shots le voy a preguntar uh, prayers a ver si quiere si no pues más yo but anyways once again 10 minute break call somebody text somebody slap the shit out of somebody let them know that rafa is in the building and we'll be back Welcome back, everybody, to Rodian Radio, episode 41, and I am your host once again. But I don't need to tell you that. We're just going to go ahead and jump right back into it. So once again, Rafa, ¿cómo estás? Bien, carnal. Everything's good. Bien, People man. often wonder, what do you do during the break? Honestly, we just relax, shoot the shit, yeah. and take a little talk drink or whatever. about we can't talk on air. Exactly. You know, as a matter of fact, the first time I talked to you, I think you were cruising by a, I hope I don't get you in trouble. No, no, it's okay. A, 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 <laughs> a, a, a taco truck. You were like, wow, me quiero chingar un taco de asado, un taco del pastor. And I said, go for it. No, no, I can't, I can't. I can't, I love my wife. And I, and I love being vegan, you know what I mean? My wife, uh, she does it for the animals, and I, I you know, I do it for her and I do it for my health and now I'm doing it for the animals too man the more and more I uh, get involved with volunteering at places like farm sanctuary and connect with the with the animals there man you you see you see the light in their eyes you know what I mean mm -hmm. like yeah man you really see that they're sentient beings and that they like have a spirit a soul and you know it's it's beautiful I was connected with this little sheep named Maria and it was a trip she would follow me around and she would look at me like Yo, we're buddies, you know? That's a trip, man. <laughs> so, now, let me ask you off the walk, well, off the subject question. 2019, mm. what was your favorite movie? Oh, man. 2019? When was that? Oh, last year. Last year? Last year. Uh, damn. If you had any. Yeah, I don't think I had any, man. I was just busy being a, a, a father and my brand new baby. Congratulations. You know? I mean, I had to cut my nails. I used to do long acrylic nails and... And now I had to take the acrylics off because I'm like changing diapers. Um, <laughs> so 
I just been um yeah man I just been spending so much time with my beautiful wife and and my son man I haven't really been watching movies even this album that I'm working on man normally I can knock out an album and like I did SD Kill Wave in two days I did Gothic Summer EP like in a week Young Gods same thing I did it like I was like a song a day so there's like seven songs so I did them I went to the studio seven days knocked them out um baptism of thieves that one took a little bit longer because we were on the road a lot so i was doing some of it while i was on the road and some of it while i was on breaks but this this one man it's like two years in the making you know what i mean <laughs> my son was born um you know my wifey was pregnant so um i've been just kind of when i get a chance to work on on music i do luckily i have a lot of like I guess you can call it now old material, but at the time when I made it, it was fresh. It just didn't make it on certain albums just because like, um, for a lot of reasons, I was just like, oh, I didn't want my albums to be that long. I just, I don't, you know, believe in that. So uh, some of these songs like were written, but they weren't recorded, you know? Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The reason why I asked you because uh, I wanted to know if you ever seen Bohemian Rhapsody. I haven't. I want to though. You yeah. need to. I want. To. I, mean, I, I mean, I love Freddie Mercury. I, I, yeah. I don't want to overhype it, but yeah. I, I thought it was a great, great movie. I enjoyed it, and the yeah. reason why I bring that up is because, well, the reason why I wanted to watch it because uh, Hollywood Records, which is Disney, I was sharing with you earlier. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they signed Queen for their last album. Okay. And they actually bought all the Queen rights. So Disney literally owns all the Queen music. Good so wow. for their last album, they had their uh, record release party at the Queen Mary. And uh, this was the year that Freddie had passed, but he didn't come, but all the band, band members came. And uh, um, I met all of them. I got to talk to the lead, lead guitarist. I think his name was Brian, if I'm correct. And it was funny because you shared something that it kind of remind me of Freddie in this sense. Okay. He said that, because uh, I asked him, you know, I didn't know how to, I was only like 22 years old, so I didn't know how to approach him. So I just said, hey, man, you know what? I just wanted to ask you, you know, uh, how was Freddie? And he said, well, Freddie's not doing too good. I said, no, I mean, like, how, how is he? Like, como una persona, like a person, you know, how is yeah. he? And he said, well, let me tell you something about Freddie as far as him being a, uh, a artist, a, a musician. He said, one thing about Freddie is that from day one, that every time he went up on stage, he pretended as if there were 10,000 people up there. It didn't matter if there was five. Yeah. Oh, well, I used to do that, man. When I first started performing, I mean, I wear my dark shades also because they're prescription and I need them to see. But when I'd be on stage, when I first, first started, I would already, you know, this is my look, you know. But I would close my eyes and I'd be playing to like whatever, you know. At first, I'd be playing to like 50 people or whatever. But I would close my eyes and I would just imagine an ocean. Listen to that word, imagine. That's another word, you know. But ima imagine, I would imagine like an ocean of people. And then one day I opened up my eyes and there was an ocean of people. Wow. That's dope. That's yeah. dope. So, so now, uh, after Vampire, if I'm correct, Prayers comes along. Mm -hmm. Okay. How was that formed? Magically, man. It was just, man, my boy Dave Parlay, and, and I, he's like, you know, my, my spirit brother. Like, he's like my other half. And we came together, and it was magic instantly, which is why we were able to make that album so fast. Um, yeah, it was, um, you know, I've talked about this, about my relationship with Dave Parlay and other interviews and how the album came to be. And, um, you know, but it, it was, you know, it was, it was a, we were playing our last show in, in Vampire. Dave at the time was roommates with the bass player in Vampire. So he came over to, to see us perform. 
and it was our last show and then and then david came up to me and he was just like man you just blew my mind like the music's all right but like you up there man you're you're the the magic in in, in this thing because i would love to make music with you and i was wondering if you you know want right. to check out what i do and i was like yeah man what are you doing tomorrow you know come over to the studio and he brought the mpc and he just started going you know crazy on the mpc and just like making all these beats on real time and i was just like oh man and i just grabbed my my pad and i started writing and like that was during the time i was still doing the the whole neuro-linguistic programming so i just was like just playing with with words which is it's easy when when you're trying to do something that's that's le like less is more type of thing you know yeah. so i uh i think the first day we got together we wrote like four songs wow. that we both loved and we were like the energy was um ecstatic so we were like man I was like, come back tomorrow. He came back the next the next day. The the energy was still there where we left it, and we did another four songs, and that was our. We were like, yo, this is an album, and we played. We just barely known each other, and we played our first show the third day of knowing each other. I still didn't even know the lyrics. Like uh -huh. we were just like, let's do it, because I was gonna play under Night Ritual. That's right, because when I was playing with Vampire, I was still playing as Night Ritual. Some, some, you know, I was doing both. I was playing as Night Ritual and I would do Vampire too. So I had booked the show as Night Ritual and I was like, yo, let's just do this. So that's why in, in one of our song, one of the songs called um, Ready to Bleed, I, I say we are Night Ritual because we didn't have a name yet. Okay. You know, so we were just kind of using Night Ritual at first. And then you were coming back from LA. We were, we were playing shows. We didn't even have a name yet. And then uh, David was in, in the passenger seat sleeping and then he woke up and was like yo prayers and i was like what and he's like that's what we should call our project now he's oh it's our initials like reyes and parlay and if you mix the letters it'll say prayers and i was like oh man that's dope let's do that but there was already a band in san diego called prayers oh okay. but they had broken up but they were my homeboys shout out the crocodiles man um uh, chucky and brandon they're in this band called the crocodiles and they were the original prayers but they were the prayers so they were living in New York and I just, they were my boys. So I called them up. I called up both of them to get their blessing. And I was like, yo, I got this music project with my boy, uh, yada, yada, yada. And they were like, dude, go for it. Like, you're the homie, like yeah. do it. And I was like, dope. So I, I told David, hey man, they gave us the green light, you know? So we started performing as prayers. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's dope. That's dope. Now, uh, um, when... You guys started taking the stage with those. You know, well, first of all, let me back up. Mm -hmm. As a producer, and you said the NPC, because right. to us, we see that as a hip hop drum machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. So, for those of you that are not familiar with Rafael or the group Prayers, go look them up and look up what we do. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. David's a beast, he man. Kills and it, my man. wife actually is forming a band. She's going to maybe in June. If everything is done with this coronavirus thing, we'll probably be touring <laughs> together. But uh, my my bandmate is going to be the drummer in her band, so wow. it's pretty exciting. Yeah, man. Wow. And my know. boy Greg, and so it's going to be a, a three a three piece. Well, for with my wife four. Uh -huh. But yeah. Now, now let me tell you why I loved seeing that while you were singing, and he's over here. Bah, 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 it's almost bah, like bah. DJ and, and yes. MC, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. and that was like such a dope look. And I'll tell you why, because the first time that I ever saw somebody live on the drum was at a hip hop show in 1988. Okay, it was a a guy from Compton named King T. He had a, a DJ. 
uh, DJ Aladdin, and he had the producer, which people know as Red from Friday. He was DJ Pooh. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And he had an SB 1200. Yeah, and he that. was playing the beat, you know, uh, yeah. uh, boom, cap, cap, boom, boom, cap. And he just started rapping. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was like the most amazing thing, but that was 1988. Yeah. So now I fast forward to prayers. And I see the dude going off. Yeah, and my boy's doing it right there, real time, man. Like it's the, it's nuts. It's never you know um, backing tracks or anything like yeah. that. I mean, I have my my I have the little SP four hundred four too. That uh -huh. like I have some backing tracks, like to do like the the, the harmonizing from Gothic Summer, like the kids choir mm -hmm. and stuff like that. That I you know um, have play out of, out of the sp404 but everything else is just real time my boy did parlay you know on the on the mpc now now uh, um does he do all the production now or do you guys well out? for yes for sd kill wave gothic summer and young gods that's him and i mm -hmm. and then a lot of the songs for from baptism of thieves him and then my boy ray ray brady a shout out ray brady so ray brady did because you know like i wanted on baptism of thieves i wanted like some some new order sounding guitars and you know my boy doesn't know how to play the guitar i don't know how to play the guitar so we were like yo uh, our boy ray ray shout out ray man he's actually put out a lot of music and he's behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know so he's worked with people like santi gold when he was really young i think when he was 16 he did a lot of the early black ip stuff oh. and um he's done like um what else uh i think his name is miguel um twin shadows um his his girlfriend um kilo quiche um he's even done stuff with grimes so he's just like a wizard too you know what i mean right. uh, he just he's a man uh of musical just magic and he um so we met because at the time i was being managed by polo molina and and um my boy adrian who were in undocumented management um who actually I was being managed by the same guy that manages um, Black Eyed Peas, uh, right. which is, uh, I'm sorry, man. Um, Will I Am? Will, yeah. Okay, so Will I Am's manager, we had the same manager. And at the time, I think they were even managing like King Little G and, uh, you know, um, a lot, they have a lot of people. But um, so they connected me with, with Ray. Okay. And we clicked, and he, like I said, with Ray, I was just like, hey, man, I want this, like, this new order sounding guitar and then we i'd play him some new he already knew what new order was but i would play him some songs and he'd be like okay i got you and he he did black leather you know from from which is in baptism of thieves so then so then Bapt, so baptism of thieves has some ray and and some dave parlay and we're all so Dave Par, um so ray has now become kind of like a secret member he's like the the hidden prayers you know okay so he does our, our guitars Okay. He does the guitar and, 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 and prayers. And sometimes he'll come out and play shows with us, you know. But okay. he's on the road a lot, especially with, like, Santi Gold, because it's, like, him. And, and it's basically them, too, you know. Okay. So. Now, and, uh, now your name, mm -hmm. backwards. Uh, oh, what's, what's part It all just comes from, like, magic, you know. It's like the image in the mirror, the reflection in the water. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like the image in the, in the mirror. You know what I mean? Okay. And it's like the left-hand path. And it's just everything in reverse. You know what I mean? You know what's funny? Because years ago, I tried to do that with my name, but it didn't sound that cool. Is, um, yeah, you know what? It sounds vampire. It, it huh? was, why not, for Tony? 
I'm like, that's not the, that's pretty good too, though. So I was like, yeah. no, not but, DJ, why not? I'll just stick to Tony yeah. A, because that's my fourth grade teacher. We had four Tonys in the class. Yeah. So uh, I was Tony A, and then it was Tony O, and then it was Tony this. Because every time she'll say Tony, everybody will say yes. Yeah. Know? So, and then my manager, Steve, who I was talking to you about earlier, you need a DJ name. You need a cool DJ name. And I'm like, dude, I don't have a fucking DJ name. You need it. So one day he just called me TT Wizard. What the fuck is that? Turntable Wizard. Let's roll with yeah. it. So that's yeah. what that was. But it's funny enough. So some people may say, oh, you know what? I don't know why he changed his name backwards. If you're a DJ, we do everything backwards. Okay. Orale. Like we do. That's all that is. Yeah, real talk. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's all that is. So, uh, uh, for those of you, go try it on your. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, we used to always play records backwards when we were kids. A ver yeah. qué dice. A ver qué dice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I never found shit, but yeah. Yeah. So, so now uh, you're working on a yeah new new, a new album, new Cholo album. Yeah. It, Now I know you don't like uh, being rushed. You don't like release dates. You want to take your time. That's why yeah. you're debating whether to go with the major or release it independently. Yeah, well, because if I start shopping it around now, they're gonna. I know they're gonna put their hooks on it and be like, "Yo, let's," you know, they start. So I've been keeping it under wraps. Actually, okay. I haven't. I've, I've played it only for my management and for my, obviously, my boy Dave Parlay, uh -huh. my wife, and a few people. But I haven't really put it out there that I've okay. until now. You know that I'm, and I put it. You know, let a couple fans know because. Um, but for the most part, I've just been keeping it under wraps. Okay, now would this be uh, possibly EP uh, album, or you're not sure? Quite? Oh, an album for okay. sure. Yeah, and because uh, it's been a minute, it's been like two years since I released anything, so okay. I feel like I owe my my people like an album. Okay, and yeah. uh, can we expect it sometime this year? Definitely, definitely this year, man. I'm getting close, you know, and uh, I'm. I'm making time for it now. So at first I was just like, there was so much going on. We, we got a new house and the move and the baby. And it was just like, you know, it was hard to, to make time. Well, it's not, it wasn't hard. It was just like, man, I, I really was just in, I, I'm in love. You know what I mean? So yes. I was just like, man, I just want to spend as much time as I can with, with my wife. And, you know, it wasn't a priority. Like, but now, it is, you know, my wife's really the one that's been like, you know prayers fans you owe my wife of thank you because she's the one that's been like dude you gotta fucking get back to doing what you do you know because i you know awesome awesome and uh, uh i know you love being a father you're gonna put yeah. your your little baby boy in any sports growing up no i don't know i you know we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see we'll see, huh? we'll see what he's into I, i'm just gonna be there to guide him and what whatever he's into man i'm i'm, I'm there you know what i mean you know but, it's, you know it's funny cause because i'm not even into sports so okay. it'd be hard i don't watch sports i don't really okay. know like f football or like you know okay. what i mean stuff like that so i wouldn't really even know so being from san diego you were never a chargers fan no you know i was always the i was always the odd man out i'll shout out my boys are here man can i give my boys a little shout out yes, my boy muerto my my big homie gangster earn can they come out on the camera i want to show my boys out come over here guys man this, here, is guys. My, this is my team man they've been rocking with me since day <laughs> one yeah it's my boy muerto that's right, that's and you know right, him from right. the videos he's been with me forever <laughs> and this is my big homie gangster earn no um, yeah this is my big bro man for real yeah, okay. and um this is my team man um they're they're charger you guys chargers fans all day homie. <laughs> you see all day. Yeah, they're there yeah i don't know about now though rivers left so he's the last time he's san diego you know what i mean yeah okay but i didn't i don't know much you know i like i said man i'm i'm from you know i'm from sherman but and and, and you know die until the end till the wheels fall off but 
I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm non-traditional cholo. <laughs> I don't do so, the pa the baggy pants, and I don't do the the the, the sports. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, I'm just me, and I, you know what? Shout out my neighborhood because they've always had my back. Like they've always allowed me to be me. You know what I mean? Awesome. And cool. I I felt like. Uh, I mean, I was going to be me regardless, but it's beautiful to have people support you, you know. Some, not everyone does, but, like, the majority do. And a lot of them, they're my, they're, they're my brothers. They're my family, you know what I mean? We've been through so much, and uh, they've been there for me. And, and so, man, I love my neighborhood. Shout out to all my homies. Shout out my homeboy Bubba. Shout out my homeboy Smurf, my cousin Wicked. You know, they're, they're lifers. They've, they've been down for a long time, you know. Um, and all the homies, you know, from my neighborhood who are doing time man nothing but love and thank you for having my back you know since since i started doing all this stuff and even before that you know they've, they've always been so so supportive of me i mean they, they take a lot of shit you know like a lot of my friends get in fights just because you know because of who i am you know and, right. and, and people want to say things or whatever and they defend me you know and they i've had certain friends that they've had gotten in fights with people because they're like hey your your homeboys are this or he's a that and they're like you know they they feel like hey you're disrespecting him you're disrespecting me yeah. you know so it's family and i would do the same thing for for anyone that i love you know yeah. I, I don't like when people do the whole thing of like hey uh, i ran into such and such and they were talking bad about you and i was like <laughs> and you, what and you just stood there and joined in and listened and you were like oh you know right like if if, if someone says something disrespectful about any of my brothers you might as well just be saying it disrespecting me you right. know and, and 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 you know it's on you know what right. i mean i'm not gonna sit there and be like oh cool you feel that way about my homeboy no yeah not not at all i'm not one of those dudes you know what i'm saying like no yeah. and and you know like i said i don't want to be on no no none of that stuff anyways because like uh I'm trying to change my mo. I'm a married man now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So now, on on this album, uh, are you calling it? Oh, well, Cholo got. Cholo yeah, got. yeah, okay. yeah. Well, well, you know what? For different reasons. I mean, obviously, we coined the 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 the, the term and, and and created the genre. And a lot of it came because when we for when I first started doing music, I, I was calling the genre when I was first doing. Um, night ritual i was calling the sound that i was making occult wave okay right because wave like synthesizers new wave dark wave you know so i was like okay well it's not necessarily new wave but a lot of it is dealing with like you know the occult so i was like well occult wave okay and that was like vampire baptism of thieves and and, and night ritual that was all occult wave and then when i started doing prayers that was more really me because when i was doing the other stuff i was kind of uh, emulating the stuff that i grew up listening to that i really loved but in my way but when i really started doing um prayers that's when like it was me i was like you know what i'm, I'm not gonna try to create from a place of fantasy i'm gonna make songs like about my emotions how i feel like the things that i'm going through and whatnot so a lot of it was you know stories of empowerment violence and and you know um well if you know the music um so i started calling it kill wave okay. because it was street right the, the the language the um that i was using was street oriented so and then we had the synthesizer so i was like man this is like like if goth was violent yeah. so 
you know, could have called it violent wave, but I called it kill wave. Okay. So sometimes when we, I'd have conversations about whatever, because it, it, about the music that they're like, man, what kind of music is this? And I was like, it's kill wave. And people was like, what's kill wave? And I was like, you know, like, like dark wave, synth wave, like new wave, but like kill wave. And they'd be like, nah. And then one day I was like, cholo goth. And then people were like, oh, yeah, 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 I get it. <laughs> so then, so then I was just describing it as cholo goth, and then that became a thing, you know. Well, that's that, that's a dope name right there. Yeah, that's a dope name. Now on uh, um, a couple of people in the comments during the break, I was looking at them. Some people were asking, ask him about a song that he did with Conejo. Can you elaborate a little bit on oh, that? Oh man, shout out my boy Conejo, man, that's my dog. Uh, yeah, um, we're working on something, you know, we've just been both, I mean, he's been killing it, right? Conejo's been killing it, he's been so busy. Um, I just need to get a hold of him, man, I mean, he's so prolific too. Damn, his story's insane, man, shout out Conejo, man. That's the, that's the homeboy right there, nothing but love. You know, I never really, um, like, no disrespect or anything to, to, to any artist, but I never got into the, the Chicano rap scene, right. you know what I mean? I was, you know my taste in music was different but people started reaching out and then i started really paying more attention and listening to now to people oh man like it's just opened up my mind you know to yeah. to, to a whole new sound and yeah man conejos man he's 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 the godfather of that shit you know what yeah. i mean like i i man yeah we me and conejo we definitely working on something we worked on something we have something and that's uh not necessarily finished, but I think, yeah, me and him for sure doing something. You know, yeah. I would love, I would love Conejo to be on my new album. Okay, you know, that'll work. Yeah. Now, now, now let me ask you this: This might be a dumb question, but I'm asking: uh, Do you ever plan on having a DJ up there with you? Well, you know, did we? Uh, let me think about that. No, no, because it's just like not the the aesthetic and to me what I do like always the presentation has been very important to me Even when I was doing vampire like I was more like, you know, like if if I didn't like a, a way a person Dressed I was like you ain't in the band <laughs> like you know what I mean like oh man, that's so shallow, right? But to me, it's about presentation and so like uh, I just don't think like a DJ works with what we do yeah, and okay. the, You know what I mean? But we did do a song with the homeboy DJ Clever. It's called Drugs, and he's sick. He's a he's a dope DJ, man. Shout out DJ Clever. And for a second there, I thought, did he ever perform with us? But he hasn't. He hasn't. Okay. Um, but no, we, I haven't done. But you know what? It's funny about the music that we do. Like what a uh, what's interesting, I guess. In interesting is the word yeah. that I'm gonna use for this uh, about the music that we make is. That it fits in a lot of places, you know, like when we first started off, we were just doing our own thing. And a lot of a lot of the places we were opening up like, and, and, and you know, for for bands like the cult, shout out the cult, you know. Um, and then we've even like what I'm trying to say is that we kind of like fit in whatever genre, like I've opened up for the far side. Oh, dope. Yeah, the prayers, you know what I mean? When we, we opened up for the far side, I did a show in New York, a showcase where we opened up for... Uh, uh, somebody in in, um, in the Wu-Tang Clan, I can't okay. remember his name. I, I don't know if it's Ghostface Killer or something. Okay. But yeah, we it's interesting, you know what I mean? We've we've done I mean different uh, we can I mean we just did Tropicalia which was which is a, a like a, a a festival of uh older Mexican bands, you know, like mm. uh 
like the Sonora Dinamita and, oh, and yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, I, I think that's one of some of the magic behind prayers is that you can kind of put us anywhere. We, we're not just like in a, in a, you know, whatever goth oh. venue. Well, I'm going to ask something of you and I hope you say yes. Yeah. What's up? Um, next time you perform, Anywhere here in LA? Yeah. Please invite me. I want to go. Oh, of course, here. hermano. Ya sabes. Yeah. Oh, it's done. I'll bring the taco de carne. I'm only playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, of course, man. I really love your energy, man. Thank you, brother. You know, I haven't done interviews in a long time, and I was kind of like done with them for. I felt like I've, I've I've said my piece. I've said so much, and it's time to just you know I don't know work or whatever. But um, you know, when Misfit Soto said, hey, this is the homie, the big homie's the legend. And I was just like, and you're Rasa, and I'm always down, you know what I mean? To support anything that's Rasa. And I was like, yeah, man, uh, I'm, I'm there, you know what I mean? But yeah, I had kind of like already like, was like, man, no more interviews, you know what I mean? Yeah. After a while, it just sounds redundant, you know what I mean? Just right. telling your story over and over. And it's like, there's so many interviews over there where I've just like, you know, told my story. And sometimes I come on hinged and... You know, I think those are the ones that, that people really look forward to. So yeah. I'm sorry if I disappointed anyone and I didn't come unhinged and, you know, tapped into the stream of consciousness. Uh, but good, I brother. just, you know, you, you know my energy is different. Yes. In 2019, I must have did about 60 interviews, like podcasts. And the reason why I did it is because I never I never did interviews before. Never. You're, so, you're a great interviewer. It, well, honestly, man, that humbles me, and I'm thankful that you say that simply because uh, when we turned this on September 11th, uh, 2019, I didn't know what the fuck I was going to say or do. You're I don't have natural, nothing written man. down. You're, yeah, that's the best way, man. Yeah. And so uh, 2019, I did all my podcasts just to promote this. And like I was sharing with you earlier, we only wanted to do this for a couple of months just yeah. to promote that. But it took off. People liked it. And you know what? You're here. And, yeah, man, uh, I'm glad I'm here, man. It's good. You, you know, when when Misfit says, "Yeah, he's gonna call you right now," so like, okay, cool. I picked up the phone, and I was like, "Did this dude? He's like cool as fuck, dude." Yeah, like, I, I leave. I leave my, you know, I leave Leah Farsayer on stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> when I'm on stage, you know, I'm on me. You know? Leah Farsayer, that's just yeah. sounds dope, man. That's just yeah. dope. I like the that. dragon, the serpent, the spear. I was born without wings. I was born incomplete. My ego is starving. There's nothing to eat. They fail to find something worth loving in me. I'm speaking in tongues. Baptism of thieves. Trapped in a world that I built by mistake. Tortured and beaten. They left me for dead. Alone with my thoughts in a room with no bed. No windows, no doors. My body's a cage. If I had a choice, I would do it again. So many layers between us and them. I'm coming undone. Is it all in my head? Whoo! They... They cried and I laughed because the joke was on them. They gave me the freedom to dig my own grave because freedom is something we cannot possess. Stuck in the cycle of making mistakes. Life is a journey leading to death and death is the place where freedom is kept. You know what I would have done? First of all, let's give a round of applause, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody out there, you guys better give a round of applause. You know what's funny? It's the first thing I was thinking. Dum, dum, that shit was hard, yeah, bro. Man. That shit is hard. So at this time, uh, I want to give an opportunity in case you might have missed somebody. If you want to give a shout out to anybody, yeah, my beautiful wife, Kat Von D. I love you so much, baby man. I, well, you've changed me in so many ways, man. Uh, yeah, man, I love my wife. Uh, who else? Uh, I give a shout out to. Let's see. Yeah, shout out it's to my son, Leah Farsayer, baby Leah Far. <laughs> you know, shout out my, my, my daughter, Ashley Reyes, you know, beautiful baby girl. Um, and my mother, 
all my homies from my neighborhood you know that's it man i don't know my my, my team my management you know shout out kenny ochoa you know thanks for fucking always fucking looking out for us you know keeping our best interest in mind like above money and all this shit yo my manager he's so dope man he's like you know he he's he's done so many things for us like and where like it's never on money it's always based on like integrity and what's best for the for for, for i guess the brand is the word that is used but you know what's best for for prayers you know yeah. Yeah. and a lot of people are out there for the money and i love my manager he doesn't manage anyone else but us and I used to have a problem with, with other managers because they would have so many people that would manage. Right. And I was like, man, I only want somebody that's only going to manage us, you know. And it's been it's been a trip because I haven't worked for two years, you know. But he sticks with us, you know. He has nothing but love. And he sees, you know, he, he's a homeboy. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, first and foremost, I want to say, first of all, much love, much respect to your wife and to your child. And I, and, and I know you're going to be a great father. Yeah, awesome. man, I'm all right. I'm learning. You know what I'm saying? I've had, I'm learning. I, I like a you know, it, fatherhood's a trip. You know, because I I had a, I had you know my my daughter when I was 17 years old, and I was working so much at that restaurant that I was you know just more of a provider. So I wasn't really able to spend as much time as I would have liked to. But you know, we're we're in each other's life. You know, we had a little break for a minute, but uh, we're back in each other's life, and I love her. And I think that's a lot of the reasons I've changed too. You know. Uh, shout out my wife again because she helped me so much uh you know with with mending our relationship and my son too there's been a lot of healing in my life in the last past two years you know because before before my wife man i was just uh angry all the time and i was using um my ego to um help me manage the chaos mm -hmm. for lack of better words you know what i mean okay. and now i'm just managing the chaos just based on like um um being able to just like you know i, I you know uh, i love my ego because without it I, I, there would be no prayers but at the same time i gotta tone it down yeah. and i gotta you know there's a time and place for everything you know what i, I mean see. and um but i think uh, having an ego is very important you know what i mean especially if you're gonna be an artist you know because you got to have like thick skin because yeah. you know so many people have so many opinions and whatnot but i mean for me all that stuff's like water off a duck's back you know i've been getting that since i was a youngster you know because i've always been you know me and i've always been different so yeah. you know a lot of people want to put you in a box and it's easier you know I, I think it's easier to like blend in and a lot harder to stand out you know what i mean and when you stand out you know yeah. you got people so. looking at you so, well, let me give a shout out to Ernesto and Muerto. Yeah. Okay, San Diego's in the house, everybody. San Diego's in the uh, house. Much love, much respect to San Diego. And uh, since we're talking about San Diego, let me give a shout out to three homies from San Diego. Uh, Night Owl, Little One, and uh, Shadow. So much love, much respect to them. And then I'm going to give my shout out to my crew. My boy, John motherfucking Elkins, for, because without him, this shit wouldn't be happening. Uh, this dude, I always like to say he's the Steve Jobs of the yeah, city of Torrance. Man. So that's my boy right there. My boy, Daniel Jones, DJ Media Clips. Uh, uh, he helped me film this uh, uh, documentary. Uh, it takes all of our dope pictures. Follow him at DJ Media Clips. Uh, let me give a shout out to my niece, Denise. I love her very much. For those of you who don't know, I used to change her diapers, but I love her. Yeah. And then uh, let me give a shout out to my boy, Big Daddy Swoles. You don't want to fuck around with Big Daddy Swoles. And uh, my boy, Julian Gonzalez. Do you have a nickname? Nanyonyo, right? 
just fail. Fail. It fail. Fail. That's a good name. Yeah, it's a good, a dope name. Fail. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, uh, other than that, uh, I want to thank you, brother. Oh, gracias, hermano. Muchas gracias, okay. brother. Thank you for coming, man. I greatly appreciate it. Once again, uh, tomorrow I'm going to post who will be here on Wednesday. You'll be surprised. I have an awesome, great guest. And for those of you who tuned in, much love, much respect to you guys. Uh, thank you for putting up with my dumbass. But uh, we'll be back on Sunday. Uh, much love, much respect. Rafael Reyes, prayers was in the building. Let somebody know.